Welcome to Passive Real Estate Investing, the show where busy people like you learn how to build substantial passive income while creating wealth for the long term. And now, here's your host, Marco Santarelli. Welcome to Passive Real Estate Investing. I'm your host, Marco Santarelli, and this is a show where we're going to help you to build your real estate portfolio of cash flow income producing real estate to help you build wealth over time and to do it in a way where you can minimize your risk and maximize your returns. On today's show, we're doing another Ask Marco episode, and we have two or three questions here that were sent in just not too long ago uh, from our website at PassiveRealEstateInvesting.com. And our first email is from a guy named Josh. He says, Hi Marco, I recently started listening to your Passive Real Estate Investing podcast and love it. I just graduated from school and despite not having the money to invest now, I am looking to educate myself in anticipation of the opportunity. Do you have any newspapers or real estate journals you read frequently or any books you can recommend to someone with little capital? I appreciate your willingness to answer questions and guide newcomers to the field. Keep putting out a great podcast. Thanks, Josh. Well, Josh, appreciate the kind words and I appreciate you sending in your questions and your email. Well, first of all, I don't know uh, why newspapers are still around. Uh, it's just amazing that you know they're still around after all these years, especially with the explosion of the internet. Newspapers started dying off in the 1950s after the introduction of the television, uh, at least when it went mainstream, and uh, and now ever since the uh, the internet exploded, you know. It, information's at your fingertips. You can pull up almost anything instantly, and there's so much free information out there. Uh, I don't know if you really need a newspaper. However, magazines are still around, and, and I like magazines, actually. I like holding them, even though I have an iPad where I read everything um, from. But uh, there are two magazines in the U.S. where uh, you can get information, uh, good information, on real estate investing. Uh, one is called Personal Real Estate Investor Magazine. It has a limited circulation, but you can find it or you can subscribe to it. Uh, I do have it. Um, I rarely find the time to read it, so it kind of just sits on my credenza. Um, but there are good articles in there. And the other publication is called Realty 411, and you can actually see a copy of it uh, on our website at noradarealestate.com. Uh, in fact, it's the issue that I'm on the cover, but you can, um, I believe you can click on that and it'll take you to their website. And from there, you could probably figure out how to subscribe to it. However, um, I'm not necessarily suggesting that you use newspapers and magazines to educate yourself. Uh, there is so much free content on the internet and on real estate forums and with podcasts and with all the books that are out there that you could find yourself swimming in information to the point where uh, you may not even end up doing anything. It might be analysis paralysis. But I do agree that knowledge is the key. It is fundamental. It's my first rule of successful real estate investing. And you do need to educate yourself. I consider knowledge to be the new currency. And if you don't educate yourself and you don't have that knowledge, then you're really going to be stuck or doomed following other people's advice and you don't know if that advice is good or bad. So knowledge will help make you a good investor and actually it'll take you beyond that. It'll help you to become a great investor and the more you learn, the better off you'll be. 
Now, in this industry, you never stop learning. Real estate is very fluid and dynamic. Laws and regulations are changing all the time. Strategies don't change. Uh, the way to invest um, is pretty straightforward. It's been the same for decades, you know, especially when it comes to the normal buy and hold investment real estate philosophy, where you just buy good income producing real estate in good markets and good neighborhoods that cash flow, and you just sit and wait, and your wealth will create itself over time. So I applaud you for wanting to learn and you know, there's just a lot of free information out there. Now, if you are looking for some books, because you did mention, um, you know, uh, or ask about books, uh, I do have a top 10 real estate list on our website as far as books go, the top 10 real estate investing books. If you go to our blog at noradarealestate.com and just do a search for books, it's the first result that comes up at the top of the list. Um, I should update this list. I actually created it back in 2008, although it probably won't change much today. But if you're looking for books to kind of set the stage or give you some uh, fundamentals, um, or you know, you just need a mindset book, one of the first books I always recommend investors read is the Rich Dad Poor Dad book from Robert Kiyosaki. Uh, the next book I would read after that is Rich Dad's Guide to Investing. It's one of his thickest books. So it goes into a lot of different things. Uh, it's not just about real estate, but those two books go hand in hand and it really lays a pretty solid foundation and, and it's it's going to be well-rounded. It just talks about all kinds of investment vehicles. Um, but one of my favorite books is The Millionaire Real Estate Investor by Gary Keller. It's one of his trilogy books. He's got one on flipping, one on holding. But the first one that came out was um, The Millionaire Real Estate Investor. And it kind of zigzags a lot within the book. He, he goes from one topic to a much different topic with every chapter. But the book does come full circle by the time you get to the end of it. So it talks about virtually everything you want to know. And if you don't know a lot about real estate, that's a really good book to start with and the, the Rich Dad books, the Kiyosaki books. But uh, I've got other books on there as well on the list, and I might add some more to them, uh, to that list. So uh, just do a search for books on our blog, and, and it'll be the first result that comes up. So I think I answered all your questions there, um, but just keep going. If you don't have a lot of capital right now, you know, just save up. Um, do whatever you can to build up that investment capital. You don't need a whole lot. You can get by with ten dollars to $15,000. That's enough to get you into a $50,000, $60,000 property in some of our markets, be it Memphis or Birmingham, um, sometimes in Kansas City. But you do have enough to get into a good market, a uh, good neighborhood. Uh, you know, These will be B, B-minus type neighborhoods, but the cash flow will be strong and you can get yourself started. So uh, anyway, I hope that helps. If, uh, if you have more questions, you know, be sure to email us. Now, the next question comes from Kyle, and he's asking about uh, a property's age. He says, hi, Marco. I'm a loyal listener to your podcast, and I've learned a lot from it. Thanks for the value, valuable free content. Quick question. What ben benchmarks do you use when evaluating a property as it relates to the property's age? Do old houses appreciate as well as newer houses? 
does a remodel catch an old house up to new house profitability? I know the obvious answer will be, it depends on each individual house. But if you can give me something a little more concrete, I would appreciate it. Thanks and keep up the good work. Well, Kyle, thanks for the questions. Um, I'm, you're right, it does depend, but it doesn't necessarily depend on the individual house as much as it does on the condition of that property and the neighborhood that it's in. So I guess what I'm saying is I don't put a lot of emphasis or weight on the property's age. It doesn't matter to me if it's new construction and was built this year, if it's 10 years old or 50 years old. I've purchased all of those. What I do look at is the property's condition and the neighborhood and the market. So let's work this backwards. For me, it's a top-down approach. You know, it's my sixth rule of successful real estate investing is to take a top-down approach. You always start off by selecting the best markets that align with your investment goals. And most investors make a mistake by analyzing properties and they don't pay attention to the neighborhood or the market that it's in because you can find a beautiful newly renovated property that has had 30, 30, $40,000 of renovations done to it. And it's virtually like new, but it could be in the middle of a dilapidated neighborhood in a war zone in a bad market where jobs are, are sparse and people are moving out. So that's not where you want to be, even though you have a great property and it could be a newer property. So always take a top-down approach. So start with the market, then you look at the neighborhoods, make sure those neighborhoods align with your goals. If you're looking for premium type neighborhoods, premium type properties, you know, what I'll call your Nordstrom tenant client, uh, then that's what you focus on. If you're looking for more of the Walmart type tenant, um, that's your demographic. Well, great. That's, that's what you're going to look for. But the age of the property doesn't play into that all that much. What plays into that is the condition of the property and the neighborhood that you're in. So what I look for, if it's not new construction, I look for newly renovated properties in like new condition that have had extensive work done to the property. And the first thing we always look at is is the condition of the mechanicals. Obviously, the, the HVAC system, the hot water tank, the roof... Uh, plumbing and electrical. Those are the key things you want to make sure are either replaced or like new or, um, or you know, well, really, it's just like new or new. But once you have that out of the way, everything else is pretty much cosmetic. You know, flooring, paint, the, um, the uh, cabinets, the light fixtures, uh, landscaping, all that stuff is important. Um, but if those are all safe, clean, functional items, and you have a clean inspection, if you get an inspection done by a third party, then you've got a good property candidate, at least as it relates to condition. So now if you're in the right market, in the right neighborhood, with a property that makes sense, the numbers, um, the numbers meet your investment criteria in terms of the cash on cash return or cash flow, the condition is like new, uh, the age now becomes quite irrelevant. So that's that's the starting point for me. Now, in terms of appreciation, again, it doesn't really play into the age of the property as much as it does the market and the neighborhood and what is driving that market. So if you've got jobs, you've got lots of employment in the area, uh, you've got an area that is stable or maybe it's there's some gentrification going on and it's an up and coming area, 
Uh, you have people moving in. It's got strong desirability. You have good schools, lower crime. That property will appreciate over time, and it should appreciate at the same pace as as the other properties surrounding it. You know, all all property values are determined by comparable sales. So, if like properties in the area are appreciating well yours is going to appreciate with it. it that's just the way it works with residential properties which are one to four unit properties it's different in the commercial world if you're dealing with properties that are over four units now you're talking about properties that are defined as commercial properties and those values are defined by its income so more specifically its cap or capitalization rate now you asked about remodeling um a remodel will catch up, in, in a way of speaking, to the value of surrounding houses if you're buying a distressed property that needs work because you're going to be buying it at a deep discount or hopefully you would be buying it at a deep discount. So if you buy a distressed property that requires work and you get it at a deep enough discount, you can or should be able to remodel that property, refurbish it, and bring it up to a like new condition in the area. Now that property will comp out at what other retail properties are selling for in the area. So this is known as forced appreciation or or an equity play. You're, you're buying a property that is undervalued, you're fixing it up, and you're building in that equity, that value in that new property. And this is what rehabbers do all the time. They buy distressed properties uh, or properties from distressed sellers that they can get at a deep discount. They fix them up, they bring value to it, and hopefully they'll have 10, 15, 20% or more in uh, in equity in that property by the time they're done. Or at least that's what they can pull out of it. You know, the, the goal is to probably get closer to 70% loan to value or uh, or cost to value so you have up to 30 percent equity in that property anyway so that's that those are my comments about a property's age um if i missed anything let me know and i can uh, talk to you offline last is a question from alex who is up in canada he's saying hello i recently posted a review on itunes um Beyond the mug, though, I do want to thank you. I am looking at properties on your website now and had no idea how possible this was. Even though I have now listened to all your podcasts uh, as well as others since starting with yours earlier this week, I do have questions, though, if I may, and perhaps they could be answered in the next podcast if you choose. So the question is, what is the process like for a Canadian to invest in your real estate, meaning U.S. real estate? I am not eligible for mortgages yet as I have been running a business for only eight months and need to have run it for two years to be approved in Canada. Do you have any possible ways that we could work around that by next year? My wife and I should be able to invest in a property or two next summer. Thank you very much, Marco. Well, Alex, um, the good news for you is that there are lenders available today in the U.S. for foreign nationals, meaning investors that are outside the U.S. that are not U.S. citizens, um, or don't have U.S. credit. So, in fact, there's more than one of them. There's about three of them that we work with right now quite actively. And they will finance investors for up to 70% of the purchase price. So that's 70% loan to value. And they will do that without having a U.S. credit score. 
They will do that with minimal documentation. They're really looking primarily at the property and then they're looking to see that you have some cash reserves so that you're not, um, you know, just investing with uh, no, no financial foundation. So if you've got some income, you can provide a couple of months of bank statements. You've got um, some cash reserves and a good prospective property then you're 80% of the way there. So we have foreign investors today using these lenders to acquire investment property here in the U.S. Uh, and now granted, the interest rates are a little higher than what you'll find in terms of conventional financing, but the numbers still make sense. You still have good positive cash flow. You have a good cash on cash return. It allows you to get into the market, but more importantly, it allows you to leverage your existing investment capital. So instead of being an all cash buyer and taking your, whatever it is, your 50,000, 100,000, whatever investment capital you have and buying a property all cash with no leverage, you can now take that investment capital and leverage it across two or three or maybe more uh, income producing properties here in the U.S. as opposed to just having the one property. So the process, to go back to your question, the process is essentially the same. We go through the exact same purchase process and checklist that any other investor would do from identifying the market and um, shortlisting various properties and neighborhood combinations and then going into escrow under a contract, um, doing your due diligence, having the property inspected, having an appraisal done if you're financing it. Uh, now we, you know, we provide you a lot of this information. We provide you all of these contacts, um, property managers that you can choose from. It, you know, it's completely turnkey. It's a solution from front to back. So nothing changes if you're out of the country. Uh, so whether it's you know, across town or 3,000 miles away, the process is identical. The, the main difference with being a foreign national investor is the financing. That is the primary difference. And of course, there may be some different tax implications being in another country. Again, that depends on your local tax laws and what treaties might be in place between the United States and your country. So if, uh, if you think you can't qualify or you can't invest, um, that is definitely not true. So give one of our investment counselors a call and talk to them about the possibilities. Uh, you, you know, we have investors all the time buying from out of the country. So ho I hope that helps. Uh, if I missed anything, again, let me know. So if you have questions, uh, just submit those at PassiveRealEstateInvesting.com. Just click the Ask Marco link, submit those questions, and I'd be happy to cover whatever you want in future episodes. Uh, download our free report while you're there, The Ultimate Guide to Passive Real Estate Investing. It's a free 35, 40 page document full of information. Um, it's uh, just a great starting place. And even if you're a seasoned investor, I think it's a great document to, uh, to have on hand. And that's about it. So we're giving away free mugs. They're the Keep Calm and Invest On mug. There's uh, they're actually pretty cool. You can see it on our on our website at noradarealestate.com. Uh, if you'd like one for free, just leave a review on iTunes. Shoot an email over to reviews at noradarealestate.com. Uh, be sure to include your mailing address. I've had quite a few people send me emails without their address, and I'm wondering, well, where do I send your mug? 
but uh, but just send that over and I'll drop one in the mail for you and uh, within 24 hours and you should have that in about two days that's about it so I appreciate you being here thanks for the reviews thanks for being a loyal listener if you haven't subscribed yet please do so and we'll see you on the next episode having a hard time finding great investment properties? Unfortunately, the best deals are rarely found locally. Successful investing begins with the right properties in the right markets. Norada Real Estate provides everything you need to invest in the best deals across the U.S. Our simple, proven system will help you create real wealth and passive monthly cash flow. Get your free copy of the ultimate guide to passive real estate investing at noradarealestate.com slash guide. That's N-O-R-A-D-A realestate.com slash guide. Nothing on this show should be considered specific personal or professional advice. Please consult an appropriate legal, tax, real estate, or business professional for individualized advice. For distribution or publication rights and media interviews, please contact the host.